You're listening to Country Life with Keith Fahey on Galway Bay FM. Good evening, I'm Keith Fahey and welcome to this week's edition on Country Life. On the show this week we have Marion Fox, a dry stock advisor from Chagas and Athenry, who's going to discuss the National Liming Scheme with us. We also have Chris Daly from the ICBF who's going to discuss the, suck, suck, the new suckler cow payment along with the dairy calf to beef welfare scheme. And as always we will have the latest MART reports and farming news from across the county and to get in contact with the show uh, please give us an email at countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie That's countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie so just in relation to some MART reports, Mart reports uh, looking at the Tume MART report this week, uh, some sample cow prices included an 800 kilo limousine cross cow selling for 2,300 or 288 a kilo, a 655 kilo Charlie cross cow at 1780 or 272 a kilo, a 706 parath- uh, kilo Parathenase cross cow at 2,220 or 290 a kilo, then onto some sample heifer prices at 335 kilo cemental cross heifer made at 1,090 or 335 a kilo a pair of 455 kilos um, heifers um, Charlie Cross heifers made 13.90 or 3 euro and 5 cent a kilo uh, 580 kilo limousine cross heifer made 1800 or 3.10 a kilo some sample bullock prices uh, included a large number of store bullocks where an offer and demand were equally met with the lightning trade a pair of 355 kilo limousine crosses um, made 13.30 or 3.75 a kilo 3 418 kilo um, heifer crosses made 1300 or 3.11 a kilo a pair of 640 467 kilos made 1510 or 323 a kilo. Uh, then some other prices from the Tumart Mart um, uh, report uh, was 490 kilo at uh, Charlie Cross made 1580 or 322 a kilo. And next week, the April the 10th, is the bank holiday sale with two rings with both sales commencing at 11 a.m. and the evening winning sale, which will take place uh, on the 17th of April. Bookings now taking, and the bookings can be done on 093 24353. So that's just uh, some prices from the Chew Mart report. Uh, moving on to the Lock Ray uh, Mart report. So looking at the sheep sale. Um, the numbers are continuing to rise weekly along with a very strong trade at the, this week's sheep sale. The first of the spring lambs came out uh, to with the butcher's delight to get them. Hogger trade was also improved. The Colio trade similar to the previous week. Uh, some sample prices for spring lambs 41.2 kilos made 157. A 44.5 kilo lamb made 161. A 50.6 kilo lamb made 162. Then onto some hogger sample prices 38.7 kilos made 107. 45 kilos made 136. Uh, some Colio prices then from the Lockray Mart a 74 kilo Colio made 141 an 84 kilo Colio made 172 and an 88 kilo uh, Colio made 173 then onto the, the cattle sales so um uh, there was a good entry all around last Saturday with numbers remaining steady. Trade uh, remains very strong for all types. Uh, Wainlings are in high demand at the moment by exporters. Farmers and feedlots uh, are getting very active for store cattle with prices uh, with high prices being paid. Uh, cow trade um, is in high demand also by exporters or feedlots. Uh, sorry, feedlots are anxious for cows. Some weaning heifer prices, um, some heifers averaging 289 to 349 a kilo. Farmers are selling strong heifers and are buying back um, weaning heifers and are in big demand. Bull weanings uh, were on fire uh, with export extremely anxious for bulls. Prices averaging for the bulls 303 to 346 a kilo and heifers um, there was another good entry of heifers this week in the Lockray Mart and trade was very strong. Uh, so some sample prices um, for some cattle uh, ranges uh, from heifers, three limousine cross heifers at 288 kilos made 1060, two Charlie cross heifers made at 397 kilos made 1240 or 312 a kilo uh, 
a 375 kilo Charlie Cross Heifer met 1230 a limousine Cross Heifer weighing 405 met 1300 uh, some, then on to some other prices a Charlie uh, Bullock so two two or sorry five 271 kilo Frisian Bullocks met 660 or 244 kilo uh, an Angus Bullock at 435 met 1350 two Aberdeen Angus weighing 537.5 kilos met 1600 or 298 a kilo um, then on to some weighing bulls the Charlie Cross Bull weighing 285 kilos met 950 or 333 a kilo and a limousine bull weighing at 460 kilo so for 1340 or that equated to 291 a kilo so that was the, the sale um, on the Lockray Mart then on to the Montpellier Mart uh, looking at the Montpellier Mart uh, cattle sale um, and the previous week gone by the 31st of March um, so similar number on, on cattle as the previous week on offer uh, same to the previous week there was a brisk trade for all quality lots of stores and weanlings on offer some sample prices include a one, uh, a, a one limousine bull weaning at 355 kilos sold for 1060 a Charlie Cross bull weaning at 235 sold for 890 a cold cow at 630 made 1500 a limousine, a limousine cross year and a half old bullocks at 420 kilos made 1210 the cattle sales on every Friday evening in Montpellier Mart at 6pm including this Friday Good Friday gets open at 4pm uh, this Friday the, the 7th they have a special um, sale of wanelings as well and Montpellier Mart sheep sale on Saturday the 1st of April in 2023 this year a very large sale of sheep with increased numbers of stags and hoggets on offer also a small, small number of spring lambs on offer as well so the, the spring lambs are starting to come out stag goes met with a similar trade to the previous week and there was good demand for fleshy hoggets some sample prices for spring lambs included six spring lambs at 48 kilos making 166 14 spring lambs at 44.5 kilo made 15 or 150 eight spring lambs at 47.2 kilos made 160 then onto some hoggets uh, 16 ram hoggets made 50, at 55.3 kilos made 148 14 weather hoggets at 58.5 made 155 some stag yos then three yos at 80 kilos made 140 six yos at 61.1 made 120 um and then some other price included in lamb and yo's with foot one second crop a yo with a strong twin lambs at foot made 227 one second crop yo with a strong single lamb at foot made uh, 200 one first crop yo with twin lambs at foot made 255 one third crop yo with single lambs at foot made 154 and the sheep sells every Saturday at 10am in person and online with the Martai app in two rings uh, yo ring and lambs ring gates open at 8am cattle sales Friday evening at 6pm including Good Friday and large entry of cattle expected this coming Friday the 7th given the strong trade last Friday and you can email it, you can email them at mart at montbellu.ie or the website is www.montbellu.ie or you can call them on 090 so we have a report here from Mount Cross as well. So the Mount Cross uh, weekly sale report, Saturday the 1st of April, it was a super sale with super clearance for both sheep and cattle. There's a strong demand for both sheep and cattle. And if you want to contact 87 771 Four five 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 with any queries, and don't forget the so they take bookings on that number eight seven 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 one four five five five, and some sample prices of of sheep. Uh, some yo lambs average two ten uh, per kilo to a max of two forty six per kilo. So and some ram lambs at two o eight to two thirty seven a kilo. Um, then onto some uh, prices for so cows averaging uh, over two o one and to a max of two from two o one a kilo to two sixty seven a kilo. One limousine dry cow at four twenty five kilos mid twelve ten. The max price uh, was sixteen sixty for a Hereford cow. 
um, and some heifers averaging 259 up to 376 a limousine heifer um, born on the 8th of August uh, last year uh, weighing 202 kilos sold for 760 and there's some bullocks and bull winnings also for sale some bull winnings averaging 270 to 5 euro um, depending on the weights um, and max price per head was 1440 for a limousine born um, April last year weighing 438 kilos so that's the the Mart report from um, Mam Cross as well um, so just moving on to some news there we've got some community news the Turlockmore White Collar Boxing event uh, takes place this weekend uh, the, the event will be split in two there'll be the, the first half of the event will take place at 2.30 on this Saturday um, for the juveniles so the under 12s to under 18 juvenile hurlers um, entry is 5 euro and it's at the door and you get a free ice cream cone and you go so I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in that uh, special, there'll be special guests and, and a raffle as well so that's the, the juveniles takes place first uh, that's, so that's 2.30 30 uh, April the 8th this Saturday in the Turlockmore Hurling Centre and then the evening show uh, will be over 18s and tickets will be 20 euro and it will begin at 7pm there's a limited amount of tickets so to avoid disappointment give Liam Rabbit a ring on 087 900 that's 087 900 there will be a full bar and DJ and as I said tickets are 20 euro and the doors open at 7pm so that's the Turlockmore white collar boxing event the juveniles is on at 2.30 uh, on Saturday and the main uh, event in the evening is on at 7pm also the rescheduled county uh, ploughing championship will take place on Sunday the 9th of April and ploughing will commence at 12pm noon, noon. and uh, unfortunately I suppose they've had to change the location but they're delighted to have a new location that due to weather and poor ground conditions the venue has been changed and fair play to the Rush family there and they're holding it so it's on in the Rush family farm Anna Moore uh, Kilkern Banlasloe County Galway and the air code is H53T584 so that's the Rush family farm and a more Kilkern by the slow County Galway and the air code is H53D584 and the event will be hosted by the Myla. So it'll be hosted by the Myla Ploughing um, and entries and bookings can be got with Bridget Higgins at 087-228-7108 or the Assistant, assistant County Secretary and Wraith Kelly can also be got at 087-777-6070 and entries must be gone in by 8pm uh, this Thursday uh, the 6th of April as well. So um, just in relation to some other news there, we're looking at the Farmer's Journal this week. Um, very interesting to see that calves can, are going to be flown into Europe instead of being on the boat. Um, so up to 1,600 dairy calves will be flown to the continent in the coming weeks um, in a novel move aimed at testing the viability of air transport. Um, so I think some of the reasons behind this is that the, the air transport will be quicker uh, than the boat. Obviously, the boat will take a lot longer, um, I suppose, and, and they're looking at the welfare of the calves as well. The dairy calves will be flown from the southwest with uh, both Shannon Airport and Kerry Airport and Farron 4 being considered it is understood that a chartered plane that normally transports horses uh, will be used for the flights uh, which are scheduled uh, to start next week the number of calves transported on each flight will depend on the size of the plane obviously chartered it is believed that the financial support has been sought uh, from the industry uh, body and the dairy research to assess the logistics and the welfare implications of the initiative so obviously the, the animals will be in, in 
in transit for much uh, less time uh, compared to the boats, I suppose, and stopovers and that. Um, so that's just uh, uh, some in- information there. Also, the Farmers Journal sent a, um, an information note there, and the fertilizer prices continue to move downwards this week. Despite the wet weather, farmers are buying compounds and nitrogen as April approaches, or, or as, as we're in April. Sorry, this was sent to me uh, by email last week. Uh, however, there is a resistant, uh, resistance to higher uh, prices with the gap of 200 per tonne still evident between the keenest quotes and older uh, product uh, lingering at older prices as well. The Irish Farmers Journal sor- surveyed farmers uh, for prices and the range extended from 550 per tonne up to 765 euro a tonne for can. So that's a massive difference there. Urea at 46% could be bought for 590 but one farmer paid 860 for it. Uh, and in general, urea was bought for between 640 and 780 per tonne. Um, at these prices, urea represents the best value. Um, I suppose it's better than can in a per unit basis. It works out at a lot cheaper per kilo of nitrogen, even though the, the urea sounds a lot dearer per tonne. I suppose you're looking at 48% versus 27% as well. So the sulfur can is generally 15 per tonne dearer than can, as we said a couple of weeks ago. The sulf, sulfur in the in this, especially when spreading uh, fertilizer for silage, is very important. It improves the nitrogen efficiency of the of the plant as well, so the, the plant's ability to take up the nitrogen as well. So it's very important that farmers are spreading 12 to 15 units of nitrogen per coat of silage as well. It nearly is a forgotten element at, at this stage, you know. So a lot of farmers might have a silage field every year and they might be wondering why maybe it's back last year, the year before. Uh, there's a fair chance there that the um, the sulphur isn't maybe being spread or maybe not in the correct abundance as well. And it often works better in a, in a kind of little and often feed as well. Um, so that's just some information on fertilizer prices there as well. And just into some other information there as well, there's a lot of clover farm walks um, happening throughout the country as well. The Chagas Grass 10 and Clover 150 team, along with the Chagas Grassland researchers and the Chagas advisory team, will run a series of farm walks there. Topics to be uh, discussed will be the establishment and management of white and red clover and fertilizer application strategies to maintain clover uh, and pasture production. So I suppose, you know, incorporating clover into the sward uh, is a great way to, you know, to improve grass growth, to improve uh, grass utilization to increase the amount of protein within the sward and obviously which will ultimately um, improve the average daily weight gain or milk solids production uh, in dairy cows or in weight gain obviously in cattle uh, it's very important as well and obviously while doing that uh, with a lot lower nitrogen requirement as well so look there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, events coming up here I suppose looking at the list that the, the Chagas have sent me I suppose the closest one uh, to us some of the closer ones to us would be uh, possibly uh, Peter Robinson and Multifarm County Westmead they are called 9N91X279 it's on the 12th of April at 11am also the Grange Suckler Farm so Grange County Mead uh, C15 uh, PW93 11am on the 12th of April as well there's also one on the 13th of April on the OD farm Kiltili County Limerick and their code is V94KX77 uh, and the closest one to us is obviously the sheep unit in Chagas in Athenry their code is H65R718 and it's on at 11am on April the 18th so that's April the 18th the sheep unit in Athenry Chagas um, Athenry County Galway and their code is h 65 R718 and more information can be got on www.chagas.ie forward slash clover walks uh, as well so that's uh, more information there on the clover farm walks can be got on the Chagas website.
So I suppose just uh, to cover a little bit there on uh, the feed this week, I said I'd cover some a little bit on, you know, a lot of farmers will be supplementing um, cattle at grass maybe for the next couple of weeks until grass production increases. So just to look at maybe, you know, what's in your label and your ingredients there, you know, a lot of us when we go to our local shop and we're buying or getting stuff in restaurants, we're looking at the different ingredients, a lot of information there at the minute in terms of, you know, protein, calories, ingredients, you know, on, on a lot of labels, but I suppose the same information can be got when we purchase feed for our cattle or sheep or horses or whatever animals we may be feeding as well um, so I suppose firstly uh, you know what's the different ways in which uh, animal feed uh, supplementation can come we have cubing and pelleting we have flaking grinding and we have coarse meal as well so I suppose we look at the cubing the pelleting I suppose these are our stereotypical type nuts uh, we have flaking as well which would be very common in terms of flaked maize I suppose familiar in terms of humans if we looked at our corn flakes it would be very similar so our maize uh, would come in flaked. Then we have our grinding as well, so it's a kind of a ground... um uh, feed. A lot of the times we'd see maize meal would be ground as well. Um, so looking at the, the coarse um, type fertilizer is or feed as well. So uh, the grinding and rolling as well. So looking at those, the different types of what we would like to see in diets as well. And uh, when you look at your meal uh, dockets as well, it goes in descending order. So obviously the, the higher percentage of the feed firstly will be in the highest proportion and then obviously descend accordingly as well. So, you know, roll barley maize meal, flake maize, wheat, rolled oats, citrus pulp, soya hulls, fodder wheat, beet pulp, along with a lot of others um, are the main types of uh, fertilizer or, f- or feeds that we can get. You know, the majority of the rolled barley would probably be Irish grown. Uh, it's very high in UFL, probably lower in protein, but very high in energy. Uh, if we look at maize meal, maize meal is um, is a very high, car- is a carbohydrate with a lot of starch, uh, often used in a diet to, you know, lay down more fat in animals so you get a cover of fat so that animals score well in, in the factory and that you have your cream tweet as well uh, oats you know, I suppose oats is a higher energy density than other cereals um, and is an extremely safe feed as well there's a lot, lot less chance of getting uh, acidosis when feeding oats in a high proportion when compared to maybe barley or that it's it's less the starch is less readily available soya hulls as well are another byproduct of the dehulling of the soya beans um, you know they're in high digestible, digestible fibre and you know generally pelleted as well I suppose if you're fodder beet as well fodder beet is is high in moisture and uh, but is extremely palatable. Uh, it's high in sugar and, and obviously in digestible fibre as well. And a lot of the fodder beet would be grown in Ireland, along with you know the barley, oats, and that would be would be grown in Ireland as well. Whereas you, you, a lot of our protein sources uh, would actually be I- imported, such as our soya hulls or that uh, soya bean meal. Then when we look at our protein ingredients, soya bean meal is probably the most important, or maybe are the the best type of protein we can get in it. Um, uh, and but I suppose it, the, the other side of it is then a lot of it is is imported as well. Then you have your beans, you know your maize distillers as well. So uh, peas and beans, these all make up um, the protein, the 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 main protein source in the animal feeds as well. So that's just look some information there on your feeds um, when you are buying meal. Uh, it uh, you know it's very important to get a good quality product uh, in the first three. So you're looking for barley, maize meal maybe, and um, you know your soya bean meal as your protein source or that in the first three to four um, uh, ingredients listed. Country Life, brought to you by Your Credit Union. Renovate. Your credit union is the foundation to your home renovations. 
Credit unions in Ireland are regulated by the Central Bank. Terms and conditions apply. So next up we have Marion Fox. So Marion, you're an advisor in Chagas and Athenry. Um, I suppose Marion, you might tell us a little bit about your role in Chagas and Athenry and maybe some of the scheme work and deadlines that are approaching. Hi Keith, how are you? Yeah, so I'm an advisor based in uh, the Chagas office in Athenry. I'm a dry stock advisor there, but I also ha- cover clients based in the Tum or the Tum office there as well, Anuk the Rard. So there's a large scope there from lowland farmers to hill farmers. So yeah, no, there is a few schemes coming uh, approaching now. So you have your BIS, Chris and Eco. We have the deadline of the 29th of May, and you can do amendments up until the 14th of June. Um, also for transfer and entitlements and th- that kind of thing, it's on the 29th of May as well. So uh, we've also did a national liming programme which uh, opened there. So the closing date for that is the 20th of April. Um, it's a very good scheme. So you get €16 Euros a tonne back uh, for the lime you apply. So the, at the minute you can do an expression of interest there online on the Ag Food. Um, I would encourage people to do it. It is a good scheme. It hasn't been, uh, no, none of these schemes have come out like that for the lime and things since ni- the 1980s when we was the last one. So it is well worth your while. So the only thing is you have to have a valid soil sample. So I would you need at the minute to go and take your soil samples and that's when what's the amount of lime you will apply. Um, but for the minute you can just put in an expression of interest and the amount you're likely to apply. Okay, so it's 16 euro, Marion, as you said, 16 euro per tonne spread. Um, and you mentioned applying online. Where do people log on and how can they uh, do this? Yeah, so you can do it yourselves if you are uh, on the ag food um, or your advisor can do it. So you go into the ag schemes and then uh, expressions of interest and then you'll see the national liming programme and you enter the amount of lime that you're hoping to apply there. So the minimum amount is 10 tonnes of ground lime up to 200 tonnes. So it's only for ground limestone. So you have your two types really of your um, calcium ground limestone or your magnesium ground limestone. So it's a uh, they don't they're they're not a uh, you can't apply for the the bag lime at the for this scheme so it's they're they're the two types, um so your calcium ground limestone um is uh, the calcium ones and then the magnesium one is the other one there that can be done. Okay, so I suppose the majority lime around the Galway region would probably be the calcium lime. We've seen more magnesium uh, limestone quarries over maybe or more towards the east of the country. I know that in Wexford uh, they apply more of the magnesium type lime. So uh, just so that's uh, some very valid points there, Marion. So the ground limestone only, um, so the, the granulated lime or the granular lime uh, is not part of the scheme. Um, I suppose maybe why, Marion, is the granular lime not part of the scheme I suppose is probably a lot more expensive to put out is it? Yes it would be a lot more expensive um, the ground, the granular lime like there is a quick response alright but it's the cost like so the ground one is the one really to go for in the long term so the application lime it has a huge um, influence on the availability of stored nutrients in the soil like so your optimum pH of soil is around 6.3 and you want to have a target at that to optimise your soil fertility so um, it is, if the lime requirement is greater than seven and a half tonnes per hectare, um, you need to go and split it in two dressings and uh, do the, some this year and the remainder in year two or three. So, um, but it is, as I said, it, your lime is your first thing you need to look at on, on your farm and then you go and apply your fertiliser accordingly. So if, you, if your land is deficient in lime, your fertilisers won't work. And look, there is also the side there that you can over lime as well and it can lock up trace elements, but there is, that is quite rare. So 
it's usually people need lime more than anything on their farms. Okay, and I think it was the 1980s that the last uh, liming scheme took place where there was, a, I think, the the most amount of tonnes spread uh, per um, in the country was in the 1980s for the last scheme. So I suppose you're probably uh, expecting a, a big uptake, Marion. You know, when you look at the price of fertiliser this year and last year and the last two or three years, we see a massive increase in, you know, nitrogen and compounds, whether it's urea or or, or the, the compound fertiliser, as we said. But, um, you know, the liming, as you said, Marion, is, is extremely important you know to get your mineral pH up to your 6.3 to 6.5 and maybe your for your peat eater soils as you said around the you know the 5.5 or that uh, there's a lot of unavailable pea or you know locked up pea in the soils as well so by you know spreading your lime increasing your pH it, it should you could possibly increase your indexes maybe by one full index by by spreading lime um, so Marion you know it has a, a significant benefit for farmers and when you look at it it's only you know 25 to 30 euro a ton I think on prices or is it something around that or what costings are coming back roughly I suppose it depends on the amount of of lime you spread as well yeah, so look, lime spread, it was costing around 26 euros a tonne, but it depended on your location as well and the contractor. But like, um, so this grant gives you 16 euros back. But the benefits of lime, like it increases your grass production and crops um, annually, the yields, and releases up to 80 kilos of nitrogen per hectare per year in grassland. And it unlocks, as you said, Keith, the soil phosphorus and potassium there and increases the response um, of freshly applied NMP. So... Look, as we always said over the years, lime was always a very important um, key on for soil fertility on people's farms. And then also, like the return uh, for applying lime, your research shows that an average grass uh, production response is at least one ton, or an average of cereal grain production response at at least one point five tons of lime alone. Like so, there is that huge grass uh, production response there. Like so, it's well worth it. Um, so that's why we're we really are encouraged, and so definitely, if people require lime, we're encouraging you to do it. As I said, the closing date is approaching pretty quick, um, but it's pretty straightforward enough to to apply. Okay, and just in relation to spreading lime as well, I suppose, you know, it is very important uh, to point out that farmers don't spread lime, uh, you know, in the immediate. Um, time before they harvest their silage as well as the, as it can you know increase the um the ph of the si- of the silage sample so we need to make sure that there's no uh, lime particles on the grass plant when we are cutting silage you know we look at the silage pre- preservation of of a ph of somewhere between 3.8 and 4.6 approximately you know by spreading lime we're increasing our ph from an acidic acidic soil to a an alkaline soil so it is very important that you don't spread lime uh, on silage ground um, so I suppose the best time to you know you could go with your lime at the minute but you'd be spreading it on bare ground or maybe grazing ground only um, you know and just to be careful with the lime um, and the nitrogen and slurry and urea as well um, isn't as effective after spreading lime so it, you know uh, the, I suppose the best time Marion probably to spread lime is probably at the end of the year you know when cattle are in sheds given and it gives it maybe your two to three months to wash in Yes, definitely. Like so, um, definitely on silage ground, you wouldn't want to be putting lime out um, for cutting silage, or if you're thinking you're going to have it in for silage, because you will bring it bring it back into the pit, and it will cause ensiling issues. So, um, definitely on bare ground, the back end of the year would be the key to uh, to apply it, and um, where cattle won't be or sheep won't be going back onto the ground and stuff, and you'll have the benefit then that you would be able to cut that uh, land for silage then in the uh, spring summer time. 
so definitely that's be the time I'd be recommending as well Keith Okay, and uh, so you mentioned the BIS and the CRIS scheme there and the Liming scheme, Marion. There's one or two other scheme deadlines coming up for in April. We have the Suckler Cow Efficiency our Environmental Programme there, the new Suckler Cow Scheme replacing the old BDGP and, and, and BEEP scheme. And while there will also be an, a new BEEP scheme as well there, but that hasn't been uh, fully uh, finalised yet. Um, there's also the Dairy Calf to Beef Scheme as well, where farmers can weigh their, their calves. So if anyone buying in maybe dairy bread calves with their male or female from a beef bread sire and out of a, a dairy or a Frisian cow and also Frisian bulls uh, qualify as well but Frisian heifer calves obviously don't and they'll get 20 euro per uh, calf up to 50 calves so it was 20 calves two or three years ago and it increased to 40 last year um, the year before it was 40 as well and then this year it's now 50 so anyone with 50 dairy bread calves um, born from last July up until this June um, so whether they're bought whether they're reared um, you can buy them reared or you can rear them yourself um, and so that's 20 euro each so that's the the potential there for a thousand euro if, if anyone is buying 50 calves or weanlings out of Frisian cows there as well so just in relation to the suckler efficiency scheme Marion you might tell us a, a little bit about that Yes, Keith. So it's a, similar to the VDGP, which is a very good scheme there. So it's your Suckler Carbon Efficiency Programme. So the closing day for that is the 22nd of May. So it's worth around €225 Euros a hectare for the first 15 eligible hectares and €180 Euros afterwards. So um, farmers need to be um, have to get signed up uh, with Borbia. So that has to be done in October, by definitely by October. And also by submitting your B, your BIS application, that it declares that you're, you're joining the the Suckler Cow Efficiency Programme but you also in the meantime before that you have to apply for it as well um, so the, you can you have to calve down at least 50% of the reference number of they have each year but you can kind of pr- predict you can reduce that number as well online as far as we know so then every participant will require to attend a half day um, half day's livestock handling course by the end of year two and that's there will be mandatory training of the actions under the scheme for the first two years of the contract um, so the, it is similar to the last one so you'll have your replacement strategies your weighing, uh, weighing records genotype and, and data records so anyone that was in it before we'd highly, definitely recommend it um, to win so you'll have, it's where you have your four and five stars cows that's what they're trying to do increase it in the herds all the time so you'll have different targets to meet um, throughout the scheme so um, a 65% is required in three in year three and further than a 75% in year five like for your four and five stars as well just to go back there, Marion, maybe you mentioned Borbia. So, you know, with the old BDGP scheme, Marion, you didn't have to be part of the the, the Borbia. I suppose this is a big change on this this one. And, you know, there has been a lot of questions from a lot of farmers around the Galway area as well, where the majority of maybe suckler farmers are selling weanlings at the back end of the year. Um, You know, a lot of these farmers, I suppose, financially aren't going to benefit by being in Borbia, you know, when selling cattle. You know, it's the only it's only the finisher that's getting the, the quality assurance the beef finished animal but it's I suppose adding a, a bit of a workload on to farmers to be in Borbia but you know obviously it will have its benefits as well 
Yes, definitely, because when you're bore B, you have to keep records of the the products you're using on your farm, your veterinary medicines and all that. So it does encourage you that you have your inspections every 18 months and stuff like that. So definitely, um, it, it, I know it's more paperwork, but we have to keep the paperwork anyways in order um, to be part of all these schemes. So if you had a cross-compliance inspection, they will require all your records to be up to date. So it does definitely encourage you um, and that, but it, I know it is extra workload on people, but in the long run you're as well worth it there's also weighing there Marion I think as part of the uh, suckler cow efficiency program uh, maybe what's involved in that maybe and when do they have to have the weights in I think it was November last year if I'm correct is it the same again this year um, yes yeah, so they have to hire um, a weighing skill has to be registered or for your own you can register it on the system um, so yeah you weigh your, your cows and calves and it has to be within seven days um, I don't think that rule has changed anyway so in, you have to send them into the department or you record them online through ICBF um, so it's November as well yeah Thanks very much. That's Marion uh, Fox there, an advisor from Chagas Natanrai with uh, so covering some of the scale, schemes and the deadlines there. So the liming scheme, the BIS, the suckler cow scheme and the dairy calf to beef scheme. Country Life, brought to you by your credit union. Education, from enrolment to graduation. Your credit union supports your education. Credit unions in Ireland are regulated by the Central Bank. Terms and conditions apply. So we were to have Chris Daly on the line there, however, uh, we just got caught there. So um, I'll cover a little bit there on the Suckler um, Carbon Efficiency Programme. We might get Chris on the line there for next week. Uh, so the, uh, the aim of the Suckler, Cow, uh, Suckler Carbon Efficiency Programme, which replaces the old BDGP scheme, is to provide uh, support for beef farmers to improve the environmental sustainability of the national herd. I suppose we look at the national herd there of the Suckler herd is approximately 840, 850. 50,000 uh, beef cows and um, with about 1.5 million 1.4 to 1.5 million dairy cows the uh, the program aims to build on the gains delivered through the beef the, the, as I said the BDGP the beef data and genomics program and the beef scheme uh, so the beef the beef environmental efficiency program so the two of these schemes now are kind of combined together to form the SCEP the suckler carbon efficiency program uh, and the main aim is to improve the genetic merit of the Irish suckler herd uh, while reducing the greenhouse gas intensity of Ireland's beef production. Uh, this intervention, which has a budget of approximately 260 million, will consist of four mandatory annual actions which are set out below. So the four replacement strategies, genotyping program, weighing measure and data recording. So if we just go back to the replacement stat- strategy, the replacement strategy will cover both the dams and the sires in years one and year two. 80% of calves born in the holding must be sired from a four or five star uh, in the maternal or terminal index. In years three and four, this then will increase to 85%, uh, while in year five, it will increase to 90%. Then on the dam side, in year one, at least 50% uh, must be at least four star on the replacement index um, on the 31st of October 23. This increases then to at least 65% by the 31st of October 25, which is year three, and then by 75% on October the 31st, by October the 31st, but in 2027, by year five. Uh, then in relation to the genotyping program, at least 70% of the reference number of the animals must be genotyped each year um, of the programme without repetition. So obviously you can't uh, genotype the same animal twice. Then the weighing measure, the suckler cow and calf pair are weighed prior to the calf being weared, we- uh, weaned, sorry, and not before the calf is at least 100 days old. This target targets the weaning efficiency of suckler cows and calves by measuring the live weight of the calf at weaning as a percentage of the cow's live weight. Then in, onto data recording, participants must be must provide a range of data through animal events recording and 
surveys. Uh, so, so such as calving, we'll say like ease of calving, quality, docility, calf vigor. Then onto the cows, the, the cows' milkability, docility, culling reasons, etc. Then onto stock bulls, the docility and the functionality of, and the culling reasons. And as a mandatory part, of the, there must be a training course for the SCEP where to, uh, participants must be undertaken um, uh, in each of the two first two years of the programs. They must do a training course. The total amount of payable to the trainer per attendee uh, and the training courses in year one and two is a hundred annually or two hundred in total. The cost to the farmer for the time and this uh, the cost to the farmer for the time um, is factored into the to the payment of the scheme as well. And in order to be eligible, uh, this is a big one now. A lot of people that were um, in the old beef data genomics program weren't uh, members of the Borbia scheme, as a lot of people would have been selling wheelings maybe. Um, so I suppose uh, in order to be eligible now for the new SCEP, an applicant must also be a member of the Borbia uh, Sustainable Beef and Lamb Quality Assurance Scheme. So that's a, a big one. There's been a bit of backlash there from some of the farm organisations as well. So um, I suppose in in theory, I suppose a lot of guys selling or, or ladies selling um, uh, weanlings, you know, they're not going to get extra money really. It's it's the it's the finisher that really gets paid uh, the quality assurance. But in, as part of the scheme, that they, they look for that. A maximum payable area then will be derived from the reference figure dividing it by 1.5. So for example, if you have 15, um, a reference of 15 cows calf last year, you divide it by 1.5. So that gives you 10 eligible hectares. Um, so participants will be paid a rate of 2.25 per hectare for the first 15 eligible hectares. So for example, if you have 15 cows divided by 1.5, gives you 10 eligible hectares you will get 2250 euro for 10 cows so it's a quite a good payment there for um the sucker cows so you get 225 for the first 15 eligible hectares and 180 per eligible hectares thereafter up to 40 hectares and to be eligible for the f- uh, payment farmers must declare a minimum um, of 13.33 hectares under their base application uh, so your, your old basic payment or your single farm payment scheme applicants for the scheme uh, are open to uh, farmers this spring so it's open now and it's closing in the next couple of weeks uh, payments under the BDGP was made at a rate of 142.50 cent uh, for the first 6.66 uh, hectares um, so that has uh, changed, obviously, and 120 on the remaining. So uh, there's a much more um, um, higher payment there and a higher threshold uh, for farmers uh, and, a, and a better payment. And there will also be a new BPS scheme as well. Um, so that's um, just uh, some information on that as well. Um, so the Eurostar ratings as well will play a huge role for the, the SCEP, and we can go through that again Um uh, in more detail there um, in, the, in, in next week's show. So just in relation to the other uh, scheme there there's a, uh, we wanted to cover is the, the dairy uh, calf, the welfare scheme. So uh, there's, a, there's a 25 million fund to improve the viability, I suppose, of dairy bred calves. Um, the aim of the dairy beef welfare scheme is uh, is is to improve the the viability of that. I suppose the current scheme, um, farmers are required uh, to weigh the calf, the calf, and they must be over twelve weeks of age and be on the farm on the farmer's farm for more than ten days. So farmers are required to weigh weigh the live calf and send the details and weights to ICBF. Uh, the scheme will continue in 2023, so anyone that was in the last couple of years can enter again this year. The scheme's aim is to support farms through better quality data on herd performance and to increase the economic and environmental efficiency of the beef uh, farm, uh, beef from the dairy herd, obviously. Farmers are required to weigh a minimum of five eligible calves and submit the, the weights to 
ICBF and you can this increases up to 50 so a minimum of 5 calves maximum of 50 calves and it's 20 euro per head uh, all weights must be submitted within 7 days of weighing for 2023 the calf will need to be at least 100 days old uh, just over so that's just over 14 weeks um, as this was previously 12 weeks as, as I said sorry uh, farmers can now weigh up to 50 calves in 23 uh, previously it was 40 uh, so there was 40 calves last year at 20 euros so the most you could get was 800 now it's 50 calves at 20 euro which is which is now a thousand euro and the payment for 2023 as I said is 20 euro per eligible calf uh, and the closing date there as well is the 22nd of May and uh, there will be also some other schemes there as well Um uh, there's a lot of other schemes as we said uh, so the knowledge transfer scheme will be worth 750 euro per farmer uh, this hasn't uh, been launched yet but um, the the aim of the scheme is to provide farmers with a platform to share knowledge and to engage in learning and the payment rates for uh, the facilitator is 500 and the payment for the farmer is 750 and uh, it will run for a three year period uh, advisors will establish KT groups across the whole farming sector and facilitators will be encouraged to form groups based on their local needs and may prioritise specific groups of farmers in line with the you know the needs and assessments. Uh, so what will be discussed, priority topics there, such as priority KT topics, um, so depending on whether it's beef or dairy or sheep or horses as well, um, you'll cover uh, the priority KT topics. So such as climate change, farm health and safety and well-being is obviously a very important part of it biodiversity, conservation with obviously a focus on identifying key habitats uh, and species as well um, and gr- groups will be probably they're thinking 15 as well um, so farmers can contact their local advisor as well to be part of that so um, that's just some information on, on those schemes. There's also some new quad bike regulations as well. There's an inst- interesting article there from Kieran Roach, who's an FBD risk manager. Um, he highlights the new quad bike regulations on the Irish Far- Farmers Monthly this month. Um, so he, he covered a very interesting topic. In recent months, uh, the number of fatal and serious work-related accidents uh, involving quad bikes in particular in agriculture and forestry has given rise to concern as a, re- as a result new regulations aimed at reducing the number of accidents involving quad bikes are being implemented new legal requirements regra- regarding quad bike operation under health and safety and welfare at work uh, uh, application regulations as well are due to come into effect on November the 20th uh, this year 2023 this means that quads of all trades ATVs are a key safety focus this year so what does this mean I suppose for farmers and contractors these regulations require that all quad bike operators in the workplace must have successfully completed a quad bike training course provided uh, by a registered training provider to a QQI standard or equivalent and additionally all operators must wear appropriate head protective uh, gear while operating a quad or ATV uh, the lead-in time to the new regulations was designed to allow sufficient time for training bodies to build capacity for the operation operators of quad bikes uh, to do this professional training quad bikes are designed to cope with the uh, a wide variety of terrain types you know such as hilly and flat ground um, and so are a fantastic aid for farm work. However, if operated unsafely, they quickly create a risk of death or severe injury. The most important safety issues with quads are training, experience, wearing personal protective equipment, um, maintenance and a good knowledge of the terrain as well. The minimum age for farm or quad bike type use is 16 years of age um, and this is usually clearly stated on the quad as well. So looking sadly at the causes, main causes of death or serious injuries on quad bikes are being thrown off the vehicle or overturns, collisions, being trapped underneath, uh, suffocation um, and pedestrians being struck or run over by a quad bike. 
Uh, so there's a lot of uh, information on that there as well. So, you know, people need to get the training done. All quad bike operators must be trained in a safe, appropriate manner and meet with skills and the quad bike. Uh, the training uh, must be included uh, to of any use of any towing equipment as well, uh, where applicable. So obviously any quads with um, hitches or that. Uh, you must wear pro- uh, appropriate personal protective equipment, PPE. Uh, operators must always wear an approved helmet. A helmet can significantly significantly sorry reduce the number and severity of head injuries. Uh, refer to the quad manufacturer's recommendations. A helmet should be worn and fit comfortably and be securely wearing a helmet with a face shield or goggles to protect eyes uh, and aid in vision. Additional PPE such as gloves and safety and footwear should also be worn. No passengers, never carry a passenger on a quad bike. The long seat is for active riding, for operators shifting their body weight back and forwards, uh, forwards in, 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 due to the different slopes as well. Uh, trailed equipment and loads as well. Be very care- careful and when selecting trailed equipment, look for overrun uh, brakes, swivel hitch drawbars, uh, beadlock rims and wheels, a low centre of gravity and wide wheel track, a long drawbar, attachment points and uh, and for securing the loads. So quad maintenance obviously very important as well. So that was a very interesting uh, note there from Kieran Roach, the, the FBD risk manager uh, on this month's Irish Farmers Monthly. So that's it this week from Country Life. We hope you enjoyed the show and if there are any queries about this week's topics or if you'd like a topic covered, uh, please don't hesitate to throw me an email at countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie That's countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie and we'll get back to you. So thanks to everyone for listening and I'd like to thank our speakers as well from ICBF and Chagas. Uh, so until next Tuesday, we hope you have a lovely evening. Um, next up is Melodies followed by the, the Nightfly.